You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Most gracious God, I pray at this time that ultimately, um, not my words, but your living worth, Jesus, your son, would go forth bringing to our lives the life and the salvation found in you. This I ask, this I offer in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jim judged her. He admitted so himself. He was one of the leaders at the Alpha Conference, and Alpha, if you're familiar with it, is a basically designed to be a short course in Christianity to introduce people to Uh, the Christian faith, the good news uh, of the gospel, and particularly one of the facets about Alpha is uh, its willingness to engage uh, the the scoffers, the skeptics, those who have questions. The the basic belief, which I would agree with, is that um, God doesn't need to be protected. Um, God is big enough um, to protect um, God's own self. And so this uh, this is some of Alpha, but this woman came to Alpha and Jim he said, I'm not proud of this, but if I'm, uh, I'm, I'm honest, uh, I judged her. Uh, she was basically, just like the Bible, she was a woman of the city that came um, into um, that community. And, and at first, as he looked at her, he saw a person who had had uh, multiple partners, multiple children um, with different partners, someone who had wrestled um, with uh, addiction. And he said, you know, externally, he said, I was, I was all smiles, but internally, um, I was judging her. And he said as the course went on, uh, he began to see just the amazing power of God at, at work in her life and the work of the gospel uh, not only on her life, but the way that it began to flow through her life. Uh, and not only was she um, impacted by the good news, but she um, began to engage and to draw others um, into the community as well. She began to have an amazing um, ministry. Uh, <laughs> her life um, was changed, and yet uh, he still um, grappled with resentment uh, until he came to the point uh, of, of confession. You know what, Lord? Um, I, I get it. Um, uh, rather than my judging her, I should be uh, praising you. And I begin by sharing that with you because one of the things that we see uh, often in the gospel, and we certainly see it uh, in Mark's gospel, is that the outsiders um, tend to get it first. Um, the outsiders often grasp it before the insiders. There seems to be a, a readiness um, to hear a good news, uh, less resistance, less um, baggage, less in the way from their coming and grasping the profound good news that is offered to us uh, in Jesus Christ. The outsiders grasp the grace of God more readily than the insiders. And, and, and why is that? Well, one, one possibility is that um, the insiders have built the system The insiders have built the system. They've ensconced themselves um, in the system. They are um, the bureaucracy. They they love the system uh, if they're not careful more than the Lord of the system. They love the system more than the Lord to whom the system should point. And and I share that with you this morning because we see Jesus encountering um, the scribes and the Pharisees once again. Uh, And they are often um, rightly the topic of critique, their, their love um, of the system often over their love of the Lord. But of course, if you asked them that, they wouldn't say that. Um, they would consider themselves um, the height of devotion. 
um, the height um, of holiness, uh, the height of those who actually truly loved the Lord and cared for the Lord in a way um, that others um, did not. And, and yet, once again, we see Jesus uh, encountering them and, and going um, after them. And, and thank goodness there's none of us here this morning um, that love the tradition of our elders. Um, this is kind of one of those... You can laugh because it's true. It's you people. Um, it's, it's me too. Um, we, we, love, we love our traditions, uh, whether they be the traditions of church uh, or the traditions um, in our lives or in our community. Um, we, uh, Jesus is talking to people um, like you and people like me. Jesus is the one um, who goes after the one sheep, the one coin, um, the rebellious um, child. Jesus is the one who comes into the world and says, I've come to seek and to save um, the lost. He challenges those who have grown in love with the system uh, and the traditions which they have established more than they love him. It's a word that spoke to the religious people of Jesus' day. It's a word that speaks to you and to me um, today as well. One of the things that had happened, and perhaps you are familiar with this, you had the Torah, the law of God, the, the scripture, uh, the word of truth which God had given to the people, but along um, with the Torah, there was what was called the oral tradition or the tradition of the elders, the Mishnah. Uh, and uh, in the Mishnah, it was, the, it was just that. It was the teaching of the elders, that which had developed um, over the years, uh, and there had become this tremendous devotion um, to this Mishnah, to the tradition of the elders, to the oral tradition, and in many ways it was seen uh, as being a fence which was put up um, around the law of God um, to protect the law of God. But human nature being human nature, you can imagine what happened rather than protecting the law of God, it got in the way uh, of the truth of God. Uh, It it kept people, not just the outsiders, it kept the insiders uh, away from God. It kept God um, at arm's length. It sought to put God into a particular system. Another way to think about it is um, the Torah was policy uh, and the Mishnah was legislation. Uh, And we all know how effective legislation is in changing human hearts. The Torah uh, was the policy, uh, and the Mishnah was the legislation, uh, and people love some legislation. Uh, And so this had had come into um, the sort of the the moment uh, of Jesus' day, and Jesus um, steps into this, and we hear the opposition of the scribes and the Pharisees, and one of the things it notes, and this is kind of one of those things we can uh, lose sight of, The scribes had traveled from Jerusalem to Capernaum, and that's a distance of 90 miles. That's a distance, that's their love of the system. Uh, They had traveled 90 miles um, to oppose Jesus, and of course, one of the things we see that they note is that Jesus' followers um, do not follow the tradition of the elders in the way um, that they wash their hands, in the way that they go about various ceremonies. And and I I, I can't speak to everybody of Jesus' day. I think hand-washing is just pretty generally agreed upon in general. So what we're talking about here is not basic hygiene. The the hand washing that they're talking about um, had to do with ritual purity. Uh, In the Mishnah, uh, this teaching, 25% of it dealt with ritual purity. Uh, And so we see Jesus's chief clashing points with this morning had to do with who was clean and who was unclean. What makes one clean? 
what makes one unclean, uh, and the tradition of the elders. That, those are the things that they are clashing over um, in this particular moment. And, and Jesus, of course, goes on to quote um, Isaiah in response to them, well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. As it is written, the people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines um, the commandment of men. And again, it's easy to pick uh, on the scribes and the Pharisees. And again, uh, rightly, Jesus um, pierces this uh, in his love and his grace and his concern for you and for me um, to remove the things uh, which get in the way of our seeing God, to remove the things which get in the way of our experiencing God, to move the things which get in the way of our knowing God and God entering into relationship with you um, and with me. And this concern, this love, this devotion um, for ritual purity, of course, um, is, uh, is a good intention, uh, and they are entirely sincere, um, but all the ritual works in the world will never change their hearts. All the ritual works in the world will never make them any closer to God. It will not um, restore their souls. Uh, it will not um, deliver them in the way that they long to be delivered. And we see the continuation of this in the community at Qumran, who actually, uh, in their desire um, to be pure, said not only are the Gentiles impure, but so are the scribes and the Pharisees. Uh, and so we need to go out um, into the desert to have our own um, pure community. Um, and then once we get away from these other people, um, then we'll finally be pure. And don't we all know that temptation? If I could just get away from people, um, then my devotion would be much better. Um, <laughs> maybe that's true, um, but I haven't been able to, to accomplish that. And of course, the reality is too, um, as, as, the, as the saying goes, wherever we go, there we are. Um, so even if we get away from the people, we take ourselves with us. So, um, so much um, for being able to accomplish this purity um, in and of ourselves. And Jesus, as he always does, begins um, to focus in um, and to hone in. And he says some shocking words to the people of his day. It's not what goes into you that makes you unclean. It's what comes out of you. It's not what goes in, it's what, it's what comes out. And he goes on um, to give this list of things that come out of a person um, which defiled him. And one of the wonderful things about this list is there, there's not one of us who can stand when this list is read. None of us can say, thank God mine didn't get on the list. Um, we're all included um, on the list here. Uh, the, the law um, does its work in that it exposes uh, you and me. Uh, it, it, it crushes us. It, it realizes that, that on our own, we, we can't bring purity out of our hearts. We can't bring purity um, out of our lives by uh, ritually washing um, our hands. Uh, it takes something much more um, dramatic than that. And, and an amazing thing happens um, throughout Mark's gospel. Again, uh, numerous things can make one ritually unclean uh, in the eyes. And again, it, it started off just the priests in the temple, but it had grown as time had gone on. And among the things that can make one um, ritually unclean, coming into contact with bodily fluids, coming into contact um, with a corpse, coming into contact um, with a Gentile. Uh, these are some of the things that can make one ritually unclean. And as we see Jesus going about his ministry leading up to this point, <laughs> And I think he did. It's almost like he's seeking out all these unclean, um, impure people. 
We hear about the woman um, with the flow of blood for 12 years uh, who touches the hem of his garment as he passes um, through the crowd. Uh, And Jesus stops uh, and engages her and pronounces her restored, pronounces her clean. There's the man whose young daughter has died and Jesus goes and he lays his hand on her and he tells her to get up and she rises and she gets up. There's the man with leprosy who comes to Jesus. Jesus touches him and he heals him. And then there's the trifecta, the Gerasene demoniac who lives in the tombs, who certainly doesn't wash his hands uh, and is a Gentile. Uh, And we see Jesus engaging him, encountering him. Jesus touches him. uh, And we are told uh, amazingly in the scriptures that they find him then restored um, and in his right mind uh, as he is there with Jesus. What do we see happening here? Uh, As Jesus um, enters into the world, in Jesus' life and his ministry, in his contact with the people who are impure, the people who are unclean, rather than his uh, contracting their impurity, he extends his purity to them. Rather than Jesus being made unclean, Jesus makes them clean. Rather than Jesus being removed, uh, Jesus restores them. The amazing message of the gospel is that God, (laughs) who knows we fall into this category, uh, every last one of us, who knows that we don't measure up um, on our own, and rather than turning away from us, turns towards us and seeks us in the gift uh, of Jesus, his son, and in his touch, in his coming into our lives. It's not in the works that we do, it's in the work which Jesus will do that you and I are restored and we are made clean. We are at peace. We um, are whole. We are washed through the blood of the cross and his work and his merits and his cross and his resurrection. We see the loving and gracious pursuit of God, uh, something that all the cup and kettle washing will never accomplish. Jesus once and for all um, washes us, cleanses us, restores us. He comes into our lives to touch us um, that we might be pure. Not uh, necessarily in the moment we, we, we struggle uh, from day to day, moment to moment, but ultimately, finally, to be people who are pure and restored in relationship with him because of what he's done for us in his cross, in his resurrection. We hear the good news um, that that wholeness that that purity, that cleansing that the Pharisees and the scribes longed for and sought um, to accomplish through um, rituals and ceremonies to no end, we see that's been accomplished for us in Jesus. Uh, And we are invited um, to find our rest in that, to find our wholeness in that, to find our life in that, that flows into us in such a way not only that it restores us, but that it flows out of us um, as well. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, we give you praise that you see us as we are, uh, and you see us in all of our vain attempts to restore ourselves. We thank you that in the gift of Jesus, your Son, and your cross, and your resurrection, you have accomplished the work which we could not, uh, and you give to us the wholeness found in you. Fill our hearts, fill our minds with that joy and that security in such a way that it does shape and fashion our lives in our relationship with you, and it shapes and fashions our lives in the way which we live graciously with one another. This we ask, this we offer in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, 
We hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.